Hi, Oceans Perth. How are we? How are we on this fine spring day? I'm good. I'm feeling fresh, feeling funky. I've got my funky pants on. I'm ready to go. So good. But hey, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ash. I lead the creative team both here in Perth and Albany. Um, and I'm also a part of the lead team here in Perth alongside my husband, Jaden, which we're incredibly um, just honoured to be a part of. It's just such an honour to be a part of the lead team and, and serving under Pastor Schaefer and Jess. It's incredible. Um, so I'm excited to be able to share with you today in the second week of our Going Deeper series, a series all about, you know, base diving deeper into the Word of God. And I, I made the bittersweet mistake of letting not just my um, immediate family, but my whole extended family know that I was speaking today. So we all, they're all here naturally. So that's good. Come on. Um, <laughs> But I don't know how many of you actually watched the live stream, but um, my grandparents, Kevin and Liz Smith, are like OG live stream, like, like family. They were here back when we were Everlife. I'm pretty sure they were the first people to ever comment or even watch our live stream. So that's great that they're here. They moved from um, Victoria to Perth um, actually recently um, just to be with the family, which is epic and I'm excited about. So they're all here today, but now I just have to kind of make sure that the message is good. Um, so here we go. They've done their time, by the way. They've done quarantine. So they're, they're healthy, they're happy, they're ready to make friends. So if you're free after the service, <laughs> Granny loves to make friends. She does. She's like the most friendly person I've ever met. So get on that. Um, but yesterday, Jaden and I um, attended a friend's wedding um, up in the hills. And it's actually in the same spot that we cleared out to get married almost a year ago now, which is a crazy thought. Um, so it was just such a nice moment to be able to go back and remember what it like felt like to be in that moment and it just got me thinking um, you know how I actually felt in that moment I was just super excited to get to know Jaden more um, to just like spend the rest of my life kind of understanding him and getting to know you know how he works and what he does and why he does certain things um, and the way he lives um, and I feel like this sorry you kind of <laughs> started anyway I feel like this can sometimes translate into our relationships with God you know like I mean, we all do it, like we all want it, right? We all want more to know more about God and the Bible and comprehend things at a greater level or understand why he does certain things or even understand why the Bible's written the way that it's written. But majority of the time, I think it can be a lot easier said than done. Like, where do you start? What do you read? Who or what do you listen to? Because it's important to love the Bible in order to be effective in our faith. Matthew 7 verse 24 says, Everyone who hears the word of God and puts it into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. No, we aren't doing this message just so you know the Bible cognitively, although that is important. It's just so you know his word on your heart, in your heart. It's so that we can go from head knowledge to heart knowledge. You know, we're going to go through hard times just like we have before. But as soon as we write his word on our heart and start to understand his word, we won't be impacted the same way we have been by the hard times in the past. Now, I want to be able to better equip myself and us as a church to just get to know God's word better and put it in our minds and put it in our hearts so that it's not a chore or a discipline, but it's actually something that we start to enjoy doing. But in order to better love the Bible, are you ready? We first have to understand the Bible. So I've broken it down into three quick ways to sort of understand the Bible. Certainly not the only ways, just three quick ways I could think of. Um, but I'd love to share that with you today. Is that cool? 
Awesome. So, cool. So, just before we start, um, I'd just like to note that some of these thoughts are from Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands, um, amazing pastor um, and amazing church. So, if you want to know more, I guess, about the structure of this message or want to go deeper, feel free to chat to me after the service. I'd absolutely love to talk to you about it. Awesome. Here we go. Quick little history lesson. Point one, the Bible is inspired by God. Now, there's a reason we put a capital B in front of Bible is that it's a book like no other. It is set apart. Now, it's the most read book in history. It's the most selling book in history. It's the most stolen book in history. It's the most translated book in history. All of time marks itself on the truths of God's word. And it was written over a period of 1,600 years, over a dozen countries in three continents by about 40 writers, 40 people. No other book has been written over a period of time that long by that many writers, all saying the same thing without contradiction. Now, it had about 40 writers, like I said, but it only had one author, and that author was God. It's his autobiography. It's the story of God moving in people's lives. Now, it is inspired by God. It is full of God. Man held the pen, but God was speaking through them. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 to 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In other words, he didn't just say it. He said it with the power for its own fulfillment. And moving down, says, So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So all that to say... It, it works. The Bible works. You just need to put it to the test. You don't have to defend the Word of God. It works. The Word, is, the word of God is living, so it has the power to defend itself. How cool is that? Now, I remember a couple of years ago when I was working as a support worker, um, I woke up one morning with the realization that I wasn't reflecting Jesus in my day-to-day life in the way that I lived. And it wasn't that I was doing anything inherently wrong or bad. It was just that I noticed the way I'd spoken to others or the way that I was, you know, working, living my life, doing my job wasn't evidently reflecting Jesus. And that was something that was important to me. So on my way to work one morning, I prayed that I would be used as a vessel for Jesus to be seen in me. So I prayed for the 20-minute drive to my client's house. God, use me, use me, use me, use me as a vessel for you. Let others see you through me. Help others encounter you through me. All the way up to the house and I pull into the driveway And I say one last quick prayer, God, let a conversation come up today about you. Pretty stock standard, right? I mean, I didn't really have my brain on. I just thought, hey, let's just say these words, see what happens. So I got out of my car and I walked inside and I kid you not, I hadn't even finished closing the door before the support worker that I worked with at the time stood up and said, so like, do you believe in the Holy Spirit and like all the spirits? And I was like, damn, Helen, like it's... 7 a.m. I haven't even turned my brain on you asking me about the Holy Spirit. Gee. But I was like, wow, in that moment, you know, God's word works. It says in your word that, you know, um, I've just lost my train of thought. It says in the word that if you ask for something, you shall receive it according to his will. And that came to pass in that moment. That was just such a cool moment for me. God had breathed in that moment just as he has breathed on all scripture. God's word works. Point two. The Bible isn't in chronological order. I found this super helpful to know. I didn't actually know it when I was younger. It's not really 
like common knowledge. And I bet almost every Christian here at some point would have thought, um, I'm going to read the Bible from front to back and that's going to mark how I'm a good Christian. And then you sort of like get to like the first and the second book and then you just stop because you're really confused and it like makes no sense and it gets a bit boring, you know. Um, I've been there. I've been there, whoa, way loud, way too many times that I'm happy to admit. But if we don't understand it in that way, like it's not going to make much sense, right? So I've got on the screen a couple of ways that the Bible is actually laid out um, that I thought we'd quickly go through because it was super helpful to me. I, I loved learning it. Um, so the first five books is the law or Torah. So this is Genesis through to Deuteronomy. All the interns here said amen. They learned this. Um, when the law was given, written by Moses. So you know the story. It goes from um, story of creation to Joseph, Moses, Mount Sinai, Ten Commandments, all the way through to the promised land. And then the second section of the books is historical. So this is the 12 books in all, Joshua through to Esther. So this is Israel's history after Moses, entering into the promised land through to Esther. And that sort of ends the Old Testament historically. Um, But of course, we know there's a lot more books in the Old Testament than that. Um, So the next section is the poetical section. Five books from Job to Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. And I found this really cool because the Psalms is actually in the poetical section. And you can insert parts of the Psalms into 1 Samuel like, as their timeline is chronologically, which I found really fascinating. So if that's actually something that interests you, I encourage you, go buy a chronological Bible. It's really, really, really cool to get the whole picture. You can even download it on your version Bible app. So I've done that. That was awesome. Just gives you the full picture of how everything was laid out in a timeline. Um, the next set of books is the prophetic books. So 17 books in all, broken into two parts. So the five major prophets, Isaiah through to Daniel, major as in they were just longer, not because they were better than, they were just longer books, um, longer than the um, 12 minor prophets through Hosea through to Malachi, um, which some of those books were only one to two pages long. That's why they're called the minor prophets. Um, and now we have 400 years of complete silence. Crickets. Love it. Um, So this is where the Jews come out of exile, back into Jerusalem, and that is where the New Testament begins. Come on. That's in the Gospels. So the Gospels mean good news. The good news, what is it? Jesus has come. Jesus is here. So it's four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four different accounts of the exact same story. Again, not all common knowledge. I didn't know this when I was reading it. I was reading my way through the Gospels, got to Luke, and I said, what up? I've read this before. Am I going crazy? You're not. It's four different accounts of the exact same story. So Jesus went back to heaven and the church was established and that is where the book of Acts comes in. So Acts is a historical record of the first church. Isn't this fascinating? I find it really fascinating. Anyway, um, so we actually model ourselves from the New Testament church. We're inspired by the New Testament church. You know, we believe that the same things that happened then can happen today. During this history, churches were planted and letters were written, and those letters are called epistles, which is just a fancy word for books. Um, Letters, sorry. 21 books in all, Romans through to Jude. Church planters like Paul wrote letters during this section, and actually if you read your chronological Bible, these would sort of be um, inserted somewhere into the book of Acts. 
Um, and these are my personal favourites. I love the epistles. I love them so much because they're important to know because they give us instruction and they give us doctrine and they teach us how to live and actually be the church. And if we actually are modelling ourselves and inspired by the New Testament church, this teaches us how to be that, teaches us how to be that, gives us advice on that, which is why I love it so much. And then we have our last book of the Bible, the 66th book of the Bible, the book no one ever wants to read because it's too scary, Revelation, which actually means, in the, like the Greek word for Revelation is apocalyptus for the apocalypse. So if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. Um, but this is just a prophecy of the last days. There's nothing to be scared about, by the way. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Um, prophecy of the last days and eternity revealed to John, one of the disciples, while he was banned in solitary confinement um, for punishment for his faith. So it's kind of like a difficult book to read, but broken down, I hope that sort of gives you some sort of, uh, like a little bit of a picture of how it sort of works. Um, This helped me. I hope it helps you. Um, But it's just, I think it's important to understand the context around what we're reading in order to love it at a greater capacity. Point three. This is my favourite point. Get ready. The Old Testament addresses the external. The New Testament transforms the internal. Somebody say, ooh, some good word. Now, there's a simple way to understand the Old Testament and the New Testament. One is all about the external and one is all about the internal. Now, the Old Testament was external about behaviours and laws um, and sacrifice, the sin that actually separates us from God. You know, many people still feel this today. Now, many came to church feeling that gap. And this happens when we live our lives away from God and haven't had our sin reconciled. We can sort of feel that distance or that gap. But when you apply the New Testament values to your life, it transforms you from the heart out. Your relationship with God is no longer dependent on your actions or your behaviours, but your heart's posture towards him. Let me give you an example, all right? If you look at my shadow, if you look at my shadow... It's sort of there. Hang on, let me move over here. All right. It creates an outline of who I am externally. It, you know, you can see my external features, some, paint some sort of picture of my external features, who I am externally. But you don't actually get to know me through that outline. You don't get to know, you know, my heart for you. You don't get to know my interests, what I like, what I'm like what my values are, what motivates me, that's only known when you look at the full picture. So when we look at the Old Testament, it creates an outline of Christ that reveals him in more clarity as we look at the New Testament. And from that, we actually get to know who God is. We get to know who he is and what motivates him and his heart behind everything he says and his does and all of his actions. Now, there's such great depth of love when we look through that filter. So this paints a picture for us to remember that because of the sacrifice that God made to give his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, we are able to actually live in this New Testament freedom that he so lovingly purchased for us. So how does this all become practically outworked in our lives? Well, when we actually go deeper in understanding the Bible and knowing God, we can better love the Bible, we can better love people, 
we can better understand God and our faith is actually outworked more effectively. Colossians 2 verse 2 says, Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in truth, in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. No, just like Shafe said last week, meditate on the Word, chew on it day and night, pray, worship, because by doing these things, you actually understand your actual understanding of God and who He is and His heart behind everything He says and everything He does starts to become more and more revealed to you. You know, many of you um, who know me might know this story, but I just think testimonies have incredible power. Um, so I'd like to share a little bit of that with you today if that's all right. Um, a few years ago, before I met Jaden, or before we, yeah, before I met you, actually, um, I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. Like, it was actually off the scale of severe. And it wasn't just your anxious to go out or anxious to go see people kind of anxiety. No, it was the more of, I would go to sleep with voices in my head that were so loud, and I would wake up the next day and it would just start all over again. You know, it got to the point where I actually couldn't sit still. Like, I would find myself running around and around and around and around the house, trying to Google what was wrong with me because I honestly thought if I stood still, I'd have, like, a heart attack or I'd just die. Like, the pain was that intense. You know, I couldn't think straight. I couldn't do the things I used to be able to do, which hurt me so much. You know, my capacity had just decreased immensely. I honestly... I honestly felt worthless. Like I had nothing to give and everybody could see it. There was a point where I wanted to feel absolutely nothing at all because that would, that would feel better than the immense amount of pain that I would feel daily. You know, it affected every area of my life. I honestly thought that I wouldn't live past 2018. I didn't really want to. I didn't see a point. And even though something inside of me knew the truth, that it knew God was real and He loved me, it felt like there was just a thick glass wall in the way. Like I could see God reaching out, but I couldn't, I couldn't touch Him. He was there, but I couldn't touch Him. And no matter how, try, how try, hard I tried to break the glass, I couldn't. No matter how loud I screamed for Him to hear me, He couldn't. You just couldn't hear me. See, that's what it felt like. But feelings aren't truth. We don't live by our feelings. We live by the living Word of God. We live by the truth of His Word and what the Bible says. And so as I began to acknowledge that and began to write it on my heart, as I went from head knowledge to heart knowledge, I began to see the light. Now I began to see hope. And it wasn't a matter of it just clicking and everything all of a sudden getting better in an instant. It didn't. But it got lighter. It got lighter because I chose to go deeper. I chose to speak over myself parts of the Word, um, parts of the Word of God that gave me hope in that season, that I saw His love so evidently in. So one of the verses I found my hope in was Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, 
all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now I took that truth, and I went from knowing it in my head to writing it on my heart. And you know what? As I began to do that, I began to grow in strength. It was almost like growing a muscle. Now, I would repeat it over and over and go deeper and deeper until I could feel every last chain of depression and anxiety fall off. You see, going deeper brings freedom. It brings understanding. It brings hope, not just to ourselves, but to others. It better equips us to work in our faith effectively. I mean, it obviously does. Like, I'm standing here in front of you today and I can tell you, I'm a living testimony of that. I can stand in front of you today and with no one else to praise but God for Him saving me. I mean, if you've been wanting answers, read the Word. If you're wanting advice on how to handle that certain situation, read the Word. If you're unsure how to be kind to that person, read the Word. If you want to be set free, read the Word. It's the rhema Word of God, the living Word of God, the breath of God. It is just as alive as you and me, and it is powerful. Now, maybe you've come today and you realise now that this is actually something you've been craving. You've been craving a deeper understanding of who God is. Maybe you've been stuck in the mindset of God only being a God of law and behaviours. Maybe you just want to know what He actually says about you, not what other people have spoken over you. You know, maybe you feel stuck on the other side of that glass wall just like I did. Like you can't reach God. Can I encourage you that there is no better time to start going deeper than now? We don't have to have it all together. That's the beautiful thing about our God, that because of the sacrifice that He made, we can actually just come as we are. So why don't we stand, hey? And I just love to pray for those of you who are wanting to understand God at a more personal and intimate level. For those who feel like their relationship with God or the Word is a chore or something that they don't enjoy doing. No, I just love to pray for that to be broken and for an excitement to go deeper into the Word. Is that all right? Awesome. Hey, why don't we close our eyes? God, I pray that every single person in this room does not leave tonight without knowing who you are. Your love. I pray for those who are craving a deeper relationship with you and with the Word of God that you would meet them there. That you would begin to reveal yourself in new ways, in ways that are good and exciting and humbling. And I pray for a great sense of joy as we continue to know you deeper and to understand your Word. That as we understand your word and it becomes more clearly, that we are able to take that into our worlds and in our spheres of life to just shine Jesus to others. And I'd just like to pray for another group of people tonight. 
the people who are struggling with depression and anxiety, who want to see those chains fall off. that God loves them and he is for them and that they are lovely and that they are cold and equipped and qualified for every good deed. Now if that is you, in fact everyone, why don't we just raise our hands if we're comfortable, just lift your hands to God. It doesn't have to be high, it can be by your side. But this is this is a moment for you and God. This is a moment for you and your father. Your Father that loves you and has set you apart. God, I just pray for your presence to be known, for your love to be known. God, I thank you that we don't have to pray for the Holy Spirit to show up. He's already here. I just pray, God, for every person who is experiencing depression and anxiety and feelings of worthlessness or unqualified or just unequipped, God, we just pray for those lies to be broken. I just pray for your love to just rush into our hearts, God, rush into their hearts right now. Touch their hearts, God. God, I thank you that you are a God of healing. You're a God that sets free. You're a God that breaks chains. We don't have to stay where we are. I thank you that you love us so much that you died for us to take our sins, to take our shame, to take our pain, God. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice you've done. And I just pray for the depression and the anxiety that people are experiencing right now to just break off in Jesus' name to be broken in Jesus' name, to know that it's not something that they have to hold on to, even though sometimes it can be comforting to hold on to that. I pray that they can trust you enough to let go. God, we just pray for your spirit to take place, for the depression and anxiety to leave and for your Holy Spirit and your presence and your love to take place. God, you are good and your mercies are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. And I pray for people who are going through that, that they wake up every morning and know that as they start to begin to speak it over and over and over again in their minds and in their hearts, God, it will start to go from head knowledge to heart knowledge and they will see the fruit of that in their lives. They'll see the chains breaking in their lives because your word is living and it is truth. God, I pray that that is a habit that we learn to love. That we learn to love, to go deeper in your word. To bring freedom, to bring understanding, to bring truth.